Why should customers rent a product they previously bought? Having a compelling answer to that question is key for the success of every product-as-a-service model. And why would you start the service under a new service brand when you already have a well-known product brand? In this episode, Lisette from Betsy shares her experience with offering circular opening mattresses as a service. My name is Patrick Hübscher and this is Circularity FM, the podcast about understanding, building and managing circular business models. In the 19th century, Orpring started to produce beds, later on mattresses. For then more than 130 years, these products have been sold to people in the Netherlands and all around the globe. In 2019, a new chapter began. With its new company and brand, Betsy, Orpring started to offer mattresses as a service. My guest today is Managing Director of Betsy. She's building up the business and responsible for a service that customers use every day and every night. Welcome, Lisette. Thank you so much for inviting me. Lisette, today I want to talk about two topics. First of all, the customer's attitude. I think every business should somehow start with the customer. And the second thing is the branding. Let's start with the customers. Why should I rent a mattress in the first place? Yeah, so I think there are multiple reasons and also some surprising ones what make people decide to take a subscription rather than buying it at once. And I think, first of all, it is that the change from owning something towards more of a pay for, for usage. And I think that it fits people's needs because they don't have to pay a large amount in once. But at the same time, they also feel they don't really have to own a mattress. And it's just a development that's already taking place with not owning your own bike, swap feeds, not owning your own car. So I think that just another product that people feel like, yeah, why should I own it? What's the reason for that? And it's not really necessary. You just want quality sleep. And if that's a service that I'm getting, I think it's good to just pay a small amount uh, per month. But also reason that was quite surprising to me is that people say like, I always forget after a certain amount of years to change my mattress and a new mattress. And this is a way that I know after X amount of years that I get a new one and that that is the service that is offering and make sure that I always focus that I, I get good sleep in the sense that I have a new mattress after five years in, in our case. So I think that that is also something that people think is really a good reason for them to not buy it in a full amount in once. So it's affordability, then it's the convenience part in the sense that I don't have to think of owning it and everything that comes with owning and also the renewable aspect. Yeah, exactly. And I think especially because we have a circular business model, it fits people, especially people that choose such a model because of the sustainable choice they make with that is they, they really feel it fits that purpose as well. So not owning the mattress and also making an impact in the environment because they know that in the end we will pick up the mattress and make another mattress out of that. And I think this whole subscription model really fits that circular idea of like a closed closed loop in that sense. So it starts with the company that makes the mattress in our hands is Betsy and it also ends with that. 
that it comes back to us and that we make a new mattress out of it. And I think that people mindset is that is a sustainable way of making an impact and, and choosing a subscription rather than buying something directly. What do you think how relevant is circularity for your customers if you put it in perspective towards the other three? I think you have two type of groups. You have the groups that really have sustainable mindset and maybe rather sustainable mindset and circular because I think we maybe we means we also end up okay how <laughs> how do people react to circular and and the obstacles that do people know what circular means? And sustainability is more of a, like a little bit of a broader concept, but people have more feelings with that type of wording. So you have a group that really makes a choice based on, I want to have a sustainable choice regarding my sleep. And if that's available, I choose something sustainable. And you have also a group that says like, okay, in this way, I can have a quality mattress in an affordable way. So I think two types of groups that choose this concept for, for other reasons. Can you give us some more insights in these uh, groups? Is this age-related or um, kind of a lifestyle? Yeah, I think it's lifestyle. I think the more sustainable group is the, like really also the group that you mostly in the beginning want to target is like the young professional urban people that already have mostly a, a more sustainable mindset. Mm -hmm. And then have, you have the other group that... It may be less urban, uh, lives in other places in, in the Netherlands and chooses because I feel like, okay, normally I wouldn't buy Alping mattress, but now for me, it's, it's affordable to do so. And I think in the sense, it doesn't also really matter which group it is in the sense that also they don't, they don't choose it because of sustainability reason, but in the end, they are sustainable by, by just choosing it. Also, the re although the reasoning is, is different. So we have this group of pioneers. They want to go for the sustainable or circular choice. And then we have the group of people that are new to these product-as-a-service models. Do you observe any big resistance to rent a mattress? Yeah, so the funny thing is, in the, the start, we did a research and trying to find out what people thought of subscription services on mattresses and beds. The results of this research was that nobody wanted the subscription, really. <laughs> and the funny thing is that we decided to make an option to have subscription, but also buy directly, right? And the idea was that it was going to be 40% buying and 6% leasing, something like that. But in the end, it's like 89% chooses a subscription. So we have the option to buy directly but just nobody chooses that so that was so interesting and now people think like based on the on interview like questions or questionnaire think that they're not go that they're not open to subscription and what they decide so i think that that part and i think uh, when we just started and also launching campaigns you also saw a lot of comments on our campaigns with people responding that doesn't mean that I'm laying on a second-hand mattress, for example, or people that found it really strange. And that's really in the beginning. And now do you see on our ads that we don't get that, those comments anymore on our ads. So it's really interesting that in a year, like the term circular is getting more in different target groups. And also people see respond differently on subscription. But it's really different from like one year until now and how that changed 
also not only because of us, but also other parties and companies that starting also subscription models on different type of uh, physical products. Is Betsy the only channel where I can buy the circular mattress or rent it? Yeah, you can only order it online, but we have a few shops in concept stores in hotspots in Amsterdam, Rotterdam and Eindhoven. And I think one of the reason also is, is still, if you look at like the general mattress uh, industry, is a lot of people mm -hmm. still buy a mattress offline. Mm -hmm. So they still want to have the feeling of just, also, although it's just laying for five minutes on the beds, mm -hmm. it's that it's, there's still a step they want to take before they decide to, or to order a mattress. So that was one of the reasons we said, okay, we need to have a few offline locations where people can have that feeling. And also in the beginning, because it's a new concept and people that not, had never seen that before, I think it's also important for the trustworthiness for people that they know, okay, if they're somewhere in a store and a store that I like, and then they feel like, okay, that that must be a trustworthy company and the subscription is okay. So you also have to make sure that those barriers are, all, are also uh, um, solved because I think in the beginning you have those as well. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the comments online on Facebook that were a bit skeptical. Do people also compare renting with buying and do the math and then challenge you on the price side oh that's a really good question Patrick. and i think that that's one of the obstacles i think if companies and producers want to start subscription model a subscription model has a has really a financial side to it and it's not something you are explaining actively to consumers because it's also too technical and you want to stay away from that but It is the case that mostly subscriptions uh, in this form in the world that we're living right now with all the accounting and financial rulings and financing, it's mostly it's more expensive monthly than just buying something directly in once. So you have the skeptical that people are, especially because we have offer both so they can really compare, right? Is that you have people ask, okay, why is it really more expensive? Then you have to explain how pre-financing works, how a bank is taking risk assessments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not something you can explain quite easily. But that's an obstacle that, that you're going to encounter, I think. Yes, the reason for asking that is that we at Blue Movement experience the same. People challenge that. And you have to make sure to compare apples with apples uh, because subscriptions normally come with additional services, delivery, uh, installation, maintenance, some convenience people don't get if they buy the product. But bringing that across is not always easy. No, no. And I think when we're more, because in the, in the beginning, it's more of like working out how this business model works. But I think when you get to a second step, which is more on, okay, how can we really offer a surface on top of that and people also feel like you're really offering an in a surface besides the part that uh, you are responsible as as the company for the mattress and making sure that you that you get returns back you make a new mattress out of it that you also offer other services that people feel like okay it is not only a way of of payment but it's also more of a service concept and i think when you develop more on that part it also will be more easier to explain why it is different because you get so many services in return can you share some ideas about services 
we haven't made that step yet, but it could be, for example, in offering sheets or different other things that are really that you can find in your bedroom so that people can, uh, can have different plans and different products added to the subscription. But could be also something with sensors or apps that you can measure your sleep and you get advice on that, etc. Yeah. So that's really step two for us to get to that point when the basics are in, in order. But I think you have to think of things like that. Yeah. And what's your overall strategy to make renting a mattress a mainstream concept? Yeah, I think we really want to be the holy grail, uh, Betsy, of a circular model. Nice. Uh, nice. And the holy grail would be, for me, is that you really have the basics in order, but you really have the service concept also in product as a service uh, type of uh, business model. And I think that that is the most challenge, how to get there. I think in SaaS, like software services, it's so common to have different types of services concept. And it's way easier if you have an app or something technology and not something physically. But how can you do that for our physical part as well and really be inventive and fit needs that we maybe don't know yet there are or maybe the consumer even doesn't know he or she has. But I think if you can make it to that point, I think, yeah, then uh, you really can have a successful business. In scaling something like that up, the fit of the terminology you as a provider use and also the terminology the customer has in mind is quite crucial. And I saw that on your website, you frame your service not as a product, as a service, obviously, but more as an uh, abonnement. Yeah. Why didn't you choose uh, huren or renting or uh, leasing as a term there? That's a, that's a good question. I think subscription is also, I think it better fits in the end what you're trying to achieve. So it's, it's the terminology is close to what you want, offering a service and subscriptions has a service component. And I think leasing, it's also a little bit a wording thing, but also leasing, people feel sometimes with leasing, oh, is it something leasing that in the end of the life cycle, then the product is my own. So you have difference between operational financial leasing. Mm. I think that works a little bit more sometimes also confusing. You should also call it renting. I think subscription that comes closest to having a service component. I think for us, and I think with leasing, you have to more explain what type of leasing this is, but you still have a lot of questions regarding, okay, what does it mean at the end of the, of the leasing period? Is the product mine? So I still think it, whatever you choose, you will still have the, those questions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But again, it's coming back to the idea of uh, not only offering the product itself, but also ad adding services to it. Exactly. And I think now what happens now a lot is mostly just a payment method, what I see around also of other companies. And I think we are not there yet as a group of entrepreneurs to have really that service part. And I think, yeah, of course, you have, for example, swap fees where you can say, okay, yeah. you can. And for some products, it's maybe easier to find that service component than for others. But I think we really need to step off our game to leave just not make it a payment difference of how you pay the, for your product, but more of a service. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's switch to the second topic, branding, which of course is also closely related to growing such a business and uh, also explaining it. For me, the question was, why did you choose for a new brand? Yeah. Alping designed the first 
100% circular mattress worldwide. And when they had the product and they knew, okay, we really have something, okay, how do we bring that to market? Probably what a lot of people think when they think of Alping is like, okay, really good quality and I can afford it when I'm older. That are the two things that people mostly think. And that's also the target group that Alping has, right? The older people that can afford an Alping mattress that really want to have a quality sleep, but also can afford it. And I think this whole circular mattress really, really fits a, a different target group. So the more younger uh, profession, urban professional that has sustainable mindsets, so like a group, a target group that doesn't really have an Alping product yet. So uh, so that's the first reason. So okay, mm-hmm. using this, this circular mattress, can we get to another target group? Okay, then it's best to not do this with like Alping, but do this in a separate company. Uh, and the second reason is, of course, we can also just sold this, uh, have sold this mattress, but we felt that like subscription model really fits the whole closed loop process just as a circular, circular also is a closed loop process. And with a separate company, it's easier to experiment with a new model, really go quickly. And yeah, that's the, like the corporate environment versus the startup environment where you can really quickly learn and use also all those insights for Alping as well. So it's also really focused on learning, learning, learning and quickly as, as possible to make sure that we find out what like the holy grail is, but also use those insights for Alping as well. And it's easier than do this in the Alping environment, which will take a lot longer to make a lot of different decisions and and, and learning that quickly, what works and doesn't work. But coming back to the brand issue, you could also do that, that's experimenting with the Alping brand, couldn't you? Yeah, now what the funny thing is now, what's, what's interesting is always the okay how much do you set yourself apart and how much do you use your your mother company right so i think we're now getting to the point alping has a really good reputation also with development of the mouth caps and they're doing really well so now we're a little bit okay how much do you want to name yourself as part of of alping Uh, we have it on the website but we don't use it a lot of in marketing but could we use it more as a stepping stone and in what way? So that's a really interesting question. We don't know your answer yet. So how do we position ourselves and do we have to reshuffle that or in a different way? Because we are still building a brand and Alping already has a brand where they worked very hard for the last couple of years as well, and which also paid out. It's more easy to lift on that reputation than build a whole reputation yourself. Is there already a decision about the role of Betsy in a sense that there could also be the option, even if Betsy will be successful, to rename it into Orping at some point? So once all the learnings have been captured and the holy grail <laughs> has been found? Yeah, that would be that would be possible. Uh, in the end, I think that we are we are really focusing on the subscription part, and I think in yeah. the end that that is going to be. So it could also be in the end, uh, Alping subscriptions. I don't know. It could could be that in the future uh, somewhere. I think that that would then really focus on making that subscription work and making the service component uh, work. Yeah, so that could definitely be possible somewhere in the future. Did you get any feedback from customers that this is like a buying reason for them to choose Betsy so that they 
observe it and know and notice that uh, Alping is uh, the producer behind? Or is it rather unknown? Yeah, I think for people that know it, it's an extra reason to think Betsy is a trustworthy brand. I think that helps because when you're new in like circular products, a lot of people don't know what circular means. Then you have subscriptions. So in the beginning, people are like, oh, subscription on mattress. Oh no. Then you have another product only and now they want to earn a lot of money just making a subscription. So you have a lot of skeptical on that as well. Mm. So if you have two different concepts combined to one and if you're like a brand that nobody knows and you can only buy it online, I think that is quite difficult. They have a really long lead time before you get somewhere, I feel. And I think when people know that it is an Alpine, you feel, okay, that's trustworthy. Alpine is quality, has a good reputation, is, is trustworthy, so it must be a good mattress and they must know what they're doing type of feels. I think that that helps for people choosing this uh, and having it's not that everybody chooses for that reason but i think it really helps to having that last last step on okay then i dare to try this description and this circular mattress although i don't know those two concepts i haven't done that before yeah and what is your strategy to make betsy as popular and prominent uh, as Alping? yeah that's a good question i think a few things are important i think really finding out what your customer wants and really use to gather as much data as possible. I think really making sure you have a top-notch product and keeping developing on that and changing that to the needs as well. And really making sure you have that service component totally fine. Had that whole customer journey, which is that have way longer than just a one-off product. And that is like the value that you have of that client database that you have and really serve them that whole time and finding out what different services of product fit, fit that needs. And I think if you get there, then you really have an add-on to what Alping is already offering. For me, it will feel like you have the holy grail of the circular uh, business model. Yeah, so that's really something uh, that, that uh, we are aiming for. So the, these are especially the measures you take to achieve, let's say, product market fit, and that you really solve the problems of the customers and find the pain points and uh, relieve them of that. Uh, do you already have ideas about, let's say, marketing instruments or campaigns to make Betsy more popular and known? Yeah, so I think we try different things, a little bit offline and online. So I think it's really important to focus on the story. So you have a lot of providers and a lot of companies that basically sold beds. Now you have more that have subscription. But I think for us, it's really also that 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 feeling, the the the, the storytelling behind it, right? So uh, more focus on we who are the people behind the whole circular mattress. What are we? Why are we doing what we do? Uh, and storytelling. And I think that that's most important because then people really feel that okay, I can. I think that the feeling that we want to revive, I can make an impact as an individual quite easy just by choosing different sleep in a sense, like make a sustainable circular choice. I can really help the whole waste mountain of mattresses that we have every year. And I, when people feel that they can make that decision with just one, sh uh, one small step, that should be our focus. So storytelling, story behind, why circular, what's our why? And yeah, do, do people want to join our community? Yeah, I can already feel the story there. Oh, yeah. that's good. <laughs> that's the start, Patrick. <laughs> 
Um, at the same time, last question, especially given what you just mentioned, since also the, the listeners of Circularity FM come from all around the globe, when will Betsy be available outside the Netherlands? We had already quite a lot of requests from our neighbor country, Belgium. So I think we're, we're going to look into that. And what maybe makes most sense is if we decide to, to go abroad, that it would be focus areas that already open has as well, because you have to have already the infrastructure in place. But anything can happen. So if people really listening really want to have a mattress and they're living outside the Netherlands, so they really should let us know because then uh, yeah, they can make sure they get on the top list for uh, for exporting our products uh, outside. Uh, cool. Curious to follow that development. Good luck with that, Lisette. Thanks for sharing your experience with us. Yeah, thanks so much uh, for inviting me and uh, yeah, looking forward to hear other stories of uh, circular companies. And I think there's a good community to learn from each other and uh, yeah, get to that holy grail uh, together. This episode was about Betsy, a circular product as a service business model from the Netherlands. In the next episode, we will look at another product as a service example. Right now, it's not final yet which one this will be. So stay tuned and don't forget... The most abundant renewable resource is your imagination. My name is Patrick Hübscher and this is Circularity FM, the podcast about understanding, building and managing circular business models.